IGDM mailbag, if you will. This poor chap wants to know who I like more, Godwin or Judy, but he doesn't tell me Dynasty, Redraft, PPR, eight mandatory quarterbacks. I don't know what I'm working with here, but I'm going to hit him with every angle here because I want to cover all bases. That's how I roll. This is a difficult question to answer, though, because... I'm going to surprise you, I think, with my answer. Maybe some of you won't be surprised. Some of you might know how high I might be on the guy right here named Jerry Judy. But I'm going to break it all down and tell you why. And in addition, I'm going to play a clip, a Godwin clip, where I talk with the doc. And we talk about how much we trust Godwin heading into 2021 and his situation. Let's get into why I'm going to tell you Jerry Judy could be a top 10 wide receiver in 2021. So buckle up. The Fantasy Football Show begins now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Smitty. Before you come for my neck and tell me Godwin's so much higher ranked and better than Judy. I'm going to tell you this is a complicated question to answer from a redraft dynasty. Like I got to hit it from a bunch of different angles, but I'm going to tell you be careful, maximize value. Godwin is going higher. So am I advising anybody to go get Godwin at the same asking price you're getting Judy in a trade or in the same draft slot or ADP that you're getting Godwin? Go get Judy there? No. Here's the ADP value according to Fantasy Football Calculator for the man in question, Chris Godwin, 4.08. Now, I'm not claiming this to be the most accurate data right now. It appears some of these numbers are off in, in my view. I've got a real good handle on ADP and where I feel guys will go on average. We mock draft like crazy here on the channel. But I have to say Godwin feels about right around 4.1 to 4.8. I'm okay with this ADP. What I'm not okay with is what I'm about to show you where Jerry Judy looks like he's leveling out at in this ADP data. Here's Jerry Judy. Uh, There's no way. There's no way Jerry Judy's going in the 90s at 8.05. I don't know exactly where his ADP lies because he's kind of one of those players that's all over the map. But this is redraft ADP data, mind you. He's going to be a lot higher on Dynasty ADP data. Godwin might still be around the 4 to 5.04 in, in Dynasty, but Judy will be a ton higher in Dynasty. But I don't think this depicts his real redraft ADP. So just to make sure I'm giving you a clear and, and really good perspective on this, here's a mock draft I did the other night in preparation for the Fantasy Football Throne. I'm in this mock draft, and I took uh, I took Barkley, A.J. Brown, Kittle. I'm not right calm, the far right calm. Barkley, A.J. Brown, Kittle, David Montgomery, C.D. Lamb, Justin Herbert, Mike Davis, A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard, Mooney. This was a mock draft with one of the communities involved. So this is a legit mock draft, and we killed it from that five pick. We have the four pick. We couldn't grab the four pick. Somebody grabbed it, so we grabbed the fifth pick. Tried to make it as realistic as possible to prepare for the fantasy football throne the biggest fantasy football instagram expert league on the planet where you the followers draft our teams and we got handed the number four overall pick so we prepped for it and we crushed it look at that team tell me in the comments you don't love that team hell tell me in the comments if you love it too but jerry judy right here 7.1 that feels more 
realistic to me in redraft because this is a redraft mock. If you plan on drafting Jerry Judy, it will be at least in round seven in my opinion. Let's throw this ADP data away and uh, we'll assume 7.1 is what we're dealing with and we'll, we'll get rid of that one. We'll get rid of that one and we'll be looking right here at 7.1. And, and just out of curiosity, where did Godwin go? 4.4. So Godwin, 4.4 to 4.8. That, that ADP data we just looked at earlier was correct for Godwin. Jerry Judy, 7.1. They're still far apart. You're talking about the fourth round for Godwin, top of round seven, maybe, maybe late six if you want to get ballsy for Jerry Judy. So back to what I was saying, do you draft Jerry Judy over Godwin in redraft? No, no way, not even close, but that doesn't mean I don't quietly, don't tell anybody like him way better than Godwin. Okay, not way better in redraft, but way better in dynasty, but I still like him better in redraft. I quietly like him better. Example, if I could draft a running back instead of Godwin up in round four, or maybe Josh Allen falls to me and I can later grab Judy in round seven or the bottom of round six, I take that all day long. That combination meets my needs and I'll punch that all day long over taking Godwin high and worrying about a quarterback later. It's apples to apples. You've got to compare the apples to apples if you're going to break this stuff down like that. Josh Allen, Judy over Godwin and whoever all day. Why do I like Judy? Smitty, how come you like Judy? Cortland Sutton is the number one in Denver. No, not according to my eyeballs, which you, you can't take that away from me. You can tell me this or that. You like this guy. You like that guy. That's fine. But when my gut instinct's telling me a guy is going to potentially be a top six to ten overall wide receiver in one calendar year, and we could see flashes of that all year long, and maybe get 12 to 15, maybe 8 to 15 overall wide receiver numbers right now as he works through and develops into a 6 to 10, 6 to 12 overall wide receiver in 2021. You can't take that away from me. My gut is telling me, which has been driven by 19 years of doing this professionally, that Jerry Judy is special. Jerry Judy is wide receiver one fantasy special. Jerry Judy is top 10 wide receiver material and i'm not the only one that thinks so multiple defensive backs in the nfl have called him one of the best if not the best route runners in the entire national football league coming out of his rookie season this is being said about him and i know you're gonna go over adams you're crazy Diggs, you're crazy i'm not saying those guys aren't all right there together i'm telling you that multiple defensive backs have said he is the or one of the best route runners in the entire national football league and he only played one year, a rookie season, with a carousel of garbage quarterback play and some drops and some disappointments and some bumps in the road. Bridgewater's looking pretty darn good and their connection's pretty good too. And Judy had an impressive rookie year considering everything going on in Denver. 52 receptions, 856 for, for only three TDs, but he is a seven to 10 TD potential guy in my mind, maybe even in 2021, having cups of coffee with the double digit touchdown production in future years. I think he's a double digit touchdown guy in one or two calendar years. He could even do it this year. I'm not, I'm not counting him out. I think only Bridgewater could hold him back. He may not. Bridgewater's looking pretty good, like I just mentioned. But the kind of year I'm I'm expecting out of Judy in 2021, his second year, is somewhere in the range of 70 to 80 receptions, 1,100 yards, and maybe 7 to 10 TDs. That'll easily make him a wide receiver 2 in fantasy and, and set him up pretty good to be a wide receiver 1 
from 2022 and beyond in most people's eyes. I'm not worried about drop footballs. Devontae Adams can drop a football from time to time. It happens. The guy's going to develop and get better. And you can blame some of that on the quarterback play, the inconsistent quarterback rapport. Jerry Judy will be a star. And if Denver ends up acquiring A-Rod somehow, they could be one of the the potential landing spots if this unlikely trade does happen where A-Rod does get sent packing from the Packers, no pun intended. If it's Denver, everyone and their mother will be on the Jerry Judy train. You better get your shares now in case that that happens. If it doesn't happen, he's still going to become the player I'm telling you I think he's going to become. But you'll have no shot at all acquiring him or drafting him at a reasonable price if A-Rod does in fact land in Denver. So get your tickets now. Get all your shares now. Buy them up. He'll be worth it at the asking price right now. You're not going to be disappointed if A-Rod doesn't get traded to Denver. I think he's going to be what I'm telling you he's going to be and you're buying low. The cost of entry is low. Baking and all the risk and Bridgewater, the drops, everything's baked in. Everything's baked in. He can only explode from his ADP and the trade value you're acquiring them for. Godwin was amazing in 2019, 13, 33, nine TDs, 121 targets, 86 receptions. He had a great year, but he only played 12 games last year, only had 840, had seven TDs. He had a good year. He's a good wide receiver. I'm not trying to knock Godwin at all, but there are a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa, the injury history. There's reason to be excited, but there's also reason to be like, hey, I don't know how much I trust Godwin. And fourth round value is no joke. You want to feel ultra comfortable with the player you're taking at 4.8, 4.2. You might find a Clyde Ebers Alaire at 4.2. You'll find a David Montgomery at 4.2. 4.8, 4.10. You might find a Josh Allen at 4.1. Gibson's toe injury could have him falling into 4.1 territory. We don't know. What we do know is Godwin's a little risky around his ADP. I don't think he's going to like hit home runs from that ADP because Mike Evans is there. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa with Antonio Brown back. But Judy at round seven value can explode from his ADP. I'm predicting right now Jerry Judy outscores Godwin in 2021 and becomes a top 10 eventual wide receiver in the NFL and in fantasy football. Now you know my answer, Judy, draft him smart, trade form smart, maximize value, but Judy. And here's the interview I did with Dr. Jesse Morse on Godwin. Godwin, uh, this guy feels a little bit like Odell Beckham Jr., so much talent but you're worried about him staying on the field like can he put it all together he did have a relatively good um you know string of games in in 2020 what do you think about godwin what can we expect with godwin how do you see this playing out in 2021 for godwin evans in, in the in the bucks so godwin came off a monster season in 2019 he went 86 catches 1333 yards and nine touchdowns in 14 games. That's incredible. But he had a new quarterback and he just got one injury after another. Here's how this played out. Week one, suffered a concussion, missed week two. Came back in week three, suffered a hamstring injury, missed weeks four, five, six, or one of those I think was a bye. And then returned in week seven. Week seven, fractured his finger. Are you kidding me? Then he misses week eight. He finally comes back in week nine and doesn't miss any more games until he's dealing with a hip and a quad in the wild card game. They didn't need him to be the wide receiver 1A like the year before. 
because Brady knows how to throw the ball around. He has a ton of weapons and they've got even more now. And I think Godwin is a a low-end wide receiver too with upside. Yeah. Because because of Brown and and and, 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 and his injury that, that immobilized him that was not really talked about. Mike Evans is still the alpha male there, in my opinion. You still have Gronk. You still have Brake. You have a couple different running backs. You still have Scotty Miller. You still have Justin Watson. I mean, this roster is stupid deep. So I, I can't expect 10 targets a game for Godwin. I, I just can't. So you're going to have to, he's going to have to get four to five uh, targets a game, you know, like reliable um, uh, either targets and or catches a game and really have to do a lot with them. So we may see 471, you know, and yeah. that may be good for him. I, I think um, so. His his 2019, as you described, 13, 33, 9 TDs, uh, 121 targets, 86 receptions. I think we'll be we'll be lucky uh, to get a thousand yards, eleven hundred yards, in like six TDs, and then everything else will be gravy at that point. I'm not expecting you know much more than that. I'm hopeful, but I'm certainly not going to draft him. I'm drafting CD Lamb. I'm drafting a grip of wide receivers ahead of him that might be in some people's minds ranking near him. I think CD Lamb's in for a top five wide receiver season. That's me. I could be wrong, but uh, Godwin feels very low end wide receiver two to me with hope, you know, that he can, he can deliver more. No, I agree. I, I, I love his talent, but in, in this roster construction, yeah, it, it's hard for him to be the, the wide receiver one. It's just, just the ball is going to be spread out too much. Yep. Brady's not going to force the ball. We know that he's not going to pepper play, you know, play catch with him like 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 Breeze did with Thomas two years ago. It, he doesn't need to do that. He's got way too many toys. So um, in that regard, that's why you have to lower your expectations from him. It's not the talent. We know dude is super talented. And I'm not overly worried. The, the, the finger was a fluky play. Hamstring is frustrating and, and, and unfortunately pretty common um, the concussion is what it is um, nothing overly concerning but he will be the type that misses a couple games a year every year and that's just that's just who Godwin unfortunately I think is and yeah. you have to accept that when you, when, when, you, when you draft there are some players that just you know I, I people argue with injury prone labels all the time I personally believe in injury prone to the definition that I prescribe to it and that's just there are certain players that either are super aggressive. Um, there might be underlying things that we don't even know about, like compensation issues because of you know quad strength versus whatever. I, I tore my patellar tendon because my quads didn't match my calf strength, and I'm I'm just like putting tons of force on my patellar tendons over the years, and and eventually snapped one playing basketball. Like we don't know. There are a lot of reasons a guy could be prone to injury. Um, and then when people say you aren't prone to injury, and you can speak to this better than anybody but like concussions people like to take that out oh well you oh concussions of course but like when you have a concussion at least if you have multiple you're more susceptible to the next concussion is that correct correct without question so the data shows you are seven time seven fold increase i believe it's for 90 days for the 90 days after a concussion which is a long time it's like almost a whole season 
Um, there are some guys, some people, that are genetically predisposed to having a higher chance of getting a concussion. There's something called an onochiari malformation in the neck, which means that the, uh, the the brain sits a little bit deeper in the spinal cord and in the skull, basically, compared to everybody else. And when that happens and they suffer a concussion, those guys have a, have a tendency to have concussions easier than if you don't have that malformation. Every concussion is unique, and each one has a tendency to build on the last. Not always, but usually. And, and they're unpredictable. You know, some guys get lucky and they're they're done the minimum five days. It's a minimum. It's, 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 that's the that's the minimum you can be out. But some guys take weeks or sometimes even months. Think of Jordan Reed. I mean, how long was he out for? Brandon Cooks has a massive history of concussions. And, and Brandon, and I would I'll scared. be almost willing to bet my left leg that Cooks has a concussion in 2021 if he doesn't get hurt and miss the year like early. I mean, he's not the biggest dude. He's at significant risk for re-injury. All it takes is him going up for a ball, getting thrown off track and landing with his head right. on the ground. You know, and, and, and that coupe, contra coupe movement, which is what we call it, causes that smashing of the brain, which channels that concussion symptom, and that's it. You know, if he's lucky, it's a week or two. If he's not lucky, it's a month. Yeah. And he can't control that. There's nothing he can do about that. Right. But but it, it does know. prove that he is more prone to injury than the average wide receiver because of that alone. You know what I mean? So, like, the, that's what I don't get about these these people that say there's no way to predict injury. There is. There's ways to use percentages to say, hey, this guy is more likely to get hurt here. This guy's got a track record here. He's got meniscus tear in his past, which means there's less stability to the knee, like you've explained before on my show. There's tons of ways to, to predict injury. Like, Can you describe, like, what do you tell somebody if they say you can't predict any injury at all? Like, I think it's crazy. So here, here's one of my favorite slogans, and you've probably heard it before because it's a pretty common one. The biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. Or in another way of saying it, Previous injury history is a very good indicator of potential future injury. With that being said, certain guys, especially in the NFL, have a tendency to play mind over matter. Guys just power through. I was with a player Thursday. He's like, I tore my meniscus in week three. I know I needed surgery, defensive player. But I wasn't missing a game. He didn't miss a game all year. He powered through and was still effective, and you know his name, you watched him play. These guys are different. Some of them, it's mind over matter. I remember when I tweeted at uh, DeAndre Hopkins last year and he responded. And, and, and he's missed one game in his entire career. And that was like a week 16 or week 17. And it was because they were out of the playoffs and it was a calf and he probably could have played, but coach probably didn't even want to. And that's why, that's why he said, I promise you he's had injuries. It's these guys just learn to Mike Evans, out. Mike and, Evans. And they just, they just play. Yeah. Evans should have missed five games, especially at least. 
Yeah. That dude was running on one leg half the season. And, 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 and it's proven that he did, he wasn't effective in some parts of his game, but he figures out a way to, to manipulate the environment and be like, okay, I'm going to catch two passes and catch two touchdowns for two yards. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it, Evans is the definition of a ability, uh, a player that has the ability to, to play on injury um, more than others. I mean, and, and, and they have to hold him accountable. If, so, if he's on the field, someone has to be on him because he had to, they don't know how bang the up he is, you know. So that 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 he's he's effectively changing the game, even though he may not be very effective, right? You know, because you know all he has to do is this little post route and fall out of the bounds, like he did for for the end, you know. For, for and Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know he's going to be a beast, but for ten games, you know, like I mean that that's the, that's what he does, you know. So we'll see yeah. if he can break that trend. But yeah, injury. <laughs> I have this argument with so many analysts like oh, you can't predict injury you can't predict injury don't tell me Lamar's more susceptible to injury when he runs 150 160 t- like he is you know like Lamar is more susceptible to get hurt running 155 times a game than a quarterback not now anybody can get hurt on a freak play uh, your offensive line can be banged up look at you know Joe Burrow last year like that doesn't yeah. just because you run doesn't mean you're going to be more susceptible you got to put all of it together but but I am I am I am going on record saying that I don't think Lamar Jackson has a long, lengthy career, you know, to where he's playing six years from now at this level, running the football the way he does. But that, that's me. I don't think it's in his best interest to. Yeah. You don't want to know what's amazing? Russell Wilson has never missed a game. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, Russell Ever. Wilson. He's never. He gets, he gets average sack 2.7 sacks per game for his career. He's never missed a game with an injury. Hey, I promise you, he's had injuries. I've re- I'm re- I throw them up in my report. I know he's had injuries, but he plays through them. Certain injuries you can't play through. ACL, mm-hmm. turf toes hard. But uh, Liz Frank is really hard. But some injuries they just you you just you learn how to play through them. You know, and then sometimes you shouldn't play through them. Because you're only fifty percent, and your backup is is a better, you know, has more potential than you. So you know, you limit the amount of time you're out. You're smart with, yeah, making sure the injury doesn't you don't worsen the injury by returning too quickly. And uh, you know, like Will Fuller did a couple of years ago, um, you know, and, and that. So injuries are play such a big role. You know, they. they who your number one running back and your number one wide receiver heading into 2020 both missed significant amount of games right if you had going into the season if you had Mahomes CMC and um, Michael Thomas you said that team is unstoppable how'd they do well if you take a look at my wall right here um, all handcrafted bobbleheads before uh, the season started McCaffrey, down. Barkley, down. Lamar, busted for half of a year. Mike Thomas, out. Captain America, dead. The wolf from Game of Thrones, dead. And this guy got kidnapped in Mandalorian. Literally, my ent- I swear, I did not i did not pitch that to happen that way. Those were put any more superstars when I, I put them up eventually. It's crazy. It's This is like Don't the kiss of death up. wall you, right you, here. You've got bad mojo there. <laughs> we... I was talking about buying a uh, uh, buying a new one and putting somebody up, and people are like, "Don't do it! <laughs> don't do it!" Whoever it is, don't do it. 
be a retired player. It's like the Madden then, curse then, up there. Then you can't. Then you can't. Um, he can't get injured on the field, at least. Yeah, I guess I'm taking. You know, people can bid for who I put up next if they if they want me to. You know, take someone down. <laughs> so right. uh, next time we're going to talk about um, Lamar Jackson. We're going to talk about Mike Davis, and we're going to talk about Joe Burrow. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll save Joe Burrow for another time, but I definitely want to talk about Cortland Sutton. And Eckler. Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah, we can talk about Eckler, too. So that will be for the next time. I have uh, an injury draft guide coming out uh, July 1st. You can pre-order it now on the fantasy.com if you want. Um, a lot of this stuff is in there. Um, you know, if, if you know you want quality content, use your man right here. I talk about injuries, uh, but I don't talk about some of the other stuff. Um, I feel like they're two separate pieces to a puzzle. Yeah, I think it's a good compliment. So yeah, check out Dr. Jesse Morse. Um, and your website is is what? TheFantasyDoctors.com. TheFantasyDoctors.com. Check it. him out. You can check me out at Smitty1.com. That's got all of my content in one place. But uh, we'll be back to break down the players he just said. Lamar, Eckler, um, Mike Davis, and who, who are the other two? Portland Sutton. Sutton. We'll do, it. we'll do that next. All right, man. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty.